Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Bye-bye. Tripping. I'm out of here anyway. We The deadline is a minute away. Deadline. Deadline. I'm using air quotes if you can't see me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Chicago670, the score. It feels like maybe something's going to happen, and then it's like, there's going to be a a collapse because the owners tried to add something else in, and the Mets players are unhappy. But if they don't, then there'll be baseball with spring games starting in a week and opening day being April 7th. According to MLB media, the most recent from uh, Heyman union executive board appears to be voting against approval. Uncertain how this could affect the full player vote. And Ben Nicholson Smith, a baseball reporter adds heard some team reps are also voting. No details unknown as of now. Dun, dun, dun. Well, wait, Danny, they got to figure this out in five seconds or else there's a deadline. (laughs) Yeah. Or else there's a deadline. And then things are going to happen. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I, uh, (laughs) the deadline has come and gone. Yeah. And now Russ Dorsey says, uh, things have hit a snag. Well, yeah. Yeah, of course. So it's funny. Like I wanted to talk no baseball today, right? Like we, we lined up a show with no baseball guests and the idea was basically like, okay, we see what the owners are doing. Speaks isn't here. We will actually treat it how I believe that it should be treated, how the vast majority of fans actually feel, which is... Tell me when it's over. Tell me when it's over. And I felt like that was actually reasonable today. I agree. Because of the addition of the international draft, which was clearly like a Trojan horse thing and, you know, dirty politicking on the on the negotiation front. But then everyone was like... No, 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 no. There could be free agency tonight. Like, we got dates now. Yeah, free yeah, agency yeah. starts tonight. Opening day is April 7th. Spring training games. And I was, I was sitting there going, like, I'm doing the math on this. Spring training games never happened a week after pitchers and catchers reported, did they? No. It's usually two and a half weeks. Yeah. Like, three weeks, maybe. Right. A full, at least a full two uh, from when pitchers. Because pitchers and catchers report, and then position players report a few days later, and then there's at least a week before games. Because I mean, I've talked to some people that said just the onboarding aspect of spring training would take two days. Sure. Like, there's 48, like, the onboarding of... We have to get everyone there. We have to figure out exactly how we're going to still be like COVID compliant. We've got to get people from different 
parts of the country into one spot, like all sorts of stuff. Right. So the idea that they could play next week seems ambitious. Uh, yeah. And now it apparently won't. But so we, we now have John Morosi on standby. Okay, uh, that's a good guy to have on standby, yeah. especially after what happened to Passon. I know. Shane was like, are you texting with your guy? I was like, he's probably, probably leave him alone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I, but I mean, I, I have gone to my phone a couple of times to suggest what his first tweet back should be. But I, I've stayed away. I, I haven't. I, I figure he's probably in a somewhat of a state of panic right now. But I feel like either the biggest baller move that he could do is do something crazy that looks like he's still been hacked. I feel like so you could he could either so it's something like NFT crypto thing right that's hacked him. So he could come over the top with like pass and snark like NFTs are a bubble or like so, something like against that industry. Or the swaggiest thing I think he could do would be. To break the news, mm. like you know, you know what I mean. Like if his first tweet back is "lockouts over," here's the deal, and he scoops everybody. I feel like that would be one of the swaggier tweets of all time. I, it's it's funny because I I hadn't even really thought about it in the way of like a programmer, but it's almost like you have to go backwards, and ESPN has to be on standby since he can't tweet. It's right. like. Why don't you do it the old conventional way? If there's something Go he, on go, TV. he goes on the air right now, like, yeah, right, or or ESPN Radio or whatever, just he just goes on and that's it. That's how the news gets broken instead of doing it on Twitter and then kind of doing it backwards, where he tweeted this out, he's collecting the information, and now we're going to put him on TV. Yeah. Well, the the problem is is that all of these reporters have. All of the same sources in, for like a story like this, right? The the head of the union, the head of the ownership negotiating committee. Someone in Manfred's camp. They're all in an office negotiating at MLB headquarters. Like We had Andy McCullough on yesterday and he was just in the lobby of where they were negotiating, right? So like every, all the sources are in the same place. So what, whenever this ends, whether it's today, a week, a month, whatever, whenever it ends, it's going to be. Bat, 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 right? Like what one after the next, after the next, after the next. But I would think he would, if he had something proprietary, I, I would think he would just like text Buster only. Oh, like, yeah, you could do it that way. Like, like text your ESPN colleague and send it out because your Twitter doesn't. Because your Twitter, right? I, I would think that that would be the fastest Did way. Did he start up an Instagram account? Because he could have <laughs> just done that. TikTok. I'm it. over here, y'all. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a good way to build up your following real quick. Uh, but it's got, it's got to be stressful. Um, I have refrained from reaching out. I did talk to him a little bit about the snafu that he found himself in a few days ago. You saw, saw the, like the little apology he had to make. No. On Pablo Torre's podcast, he said he passed along a quote that characterized, uh, an offer from, ownership to the players oh okay as an s sandwich yes but he did not make it clear that it was a that was the characterization of a source and so the it sounded as if he was characterizing it as telling the players not to take the s sandwich and it was just it was like kind of a syntax problem and i was like man i can relate man you were like this is my wheelhouse (laughs) right here i was like ellipses you're a writer i understand what happened uh and so we talked a little bit about that and you know he's I, I really think, man, and I love talking media with you so much, but, like, 
So he is the number one baseball newsbreaker now. He's like they hired him. It was in the press release when he signed the contract, like to be baseball's Schefter, the you know baseball's Woj. It's a pretty good like hub of talent that you guys had there in, in Kansas City. Oh, wasn't passing in Kansas, Kansas oh, City? Oh yeah, so it was like yeah. UDA passing. Who else? I mean, if you want to keep like going back, Joe Posnanski used to write for the Joe Star. Pusnansky? Sam Mellinger, Jason Whitlock. Um, we don't count him. Yeah, right. I know. Uh, but then, I mean, at my station, because like 810 is the heritage station. 810 is more like the score. And then 610 was like the new startup station. And often they would hire people like sometimes they had KC people, but sometimes they would just hire like good talent from out of market. But like through 610, DA came through Nick Wright, obviously. I forgot about Nick Wright. Who's born and raised in KC. Uh, I went through there. Sean Sharif, who's down in Dallas. Robert Ford was our baseball reporter, who's now the radio voice of the Astros. So he's called World Series and is like one of two black baseball play-by-play guys in in all of the sport. Uh, He was like our baseball reporter. So the, the station had like a huge track record of hiring pretty damn good talent that went on to bigger and better things. And the Kansas City Star was one of the best sports sections in the country. No doubt. Like... Like, you know what I mean? Like, they always would win those awards. I mean, they had Poznanski and Whitlock as dueling columnists for, like, five years of overlap. That's crazy for a market that size. And then, yeah, Passan, and um, there's another big one who came through that I don't remember. It was well before my time. But, yeah, it's a, it's a great sports media market because the fans are crazy passionate, and it's, like – the best mixture of any city in the country of pro and college, right? Like it's, it's got an NFL team. It's got a baseball team, but it's still every year. KU basketball, KU basketball, Missouri football, K state football with Bill Snyder. And like, unlike Chicago where people live here from all over the world, K Kansas city, a huge percentage of the people that live there went to one of those three schools. So like the alumni base is there so like when ESPN releases their top 20 markets for college football KC's in it when they release their top five markets for college basketball KC's there Mm. and and so it's just like uh and that and but no other pro markets are ever on those lists right it's like it's like rally and Louisville and like college towns but so it's a weird not maybe not weird. It's it's a cool pro pro college cross section mix, but uh, but anyway, it's I mean it, it, I I smile. Right Thompson, right Thompson, right Thompson. Thank you, texters. Thank you very much. I smile when I see because you know like this place has been pretty good at that too. Yes, you know yes. where obviously like you start off with Mike Greenberg, like and there are plenty of there's there's probably a couple of listeners like wait what. Yeah, Mike Greenberg was the, the original Bears beat reporter yeah. here at the score. And that line of Bears beat reporters is pretty tough, too. Um, that, that, like, drop down of the Bears beat reporter is pretty cool. But I was watching TV a few weeks ago, and I smiled because it's Cassidy Hubbard talking to Nick Friedel. Yeah. Both of them were interns. Nick was my intern. Like, it was like, wow. Like You start look, look at what Jesse's done. Jesse was here as an EP for a really, really long time, and and now he's one of the you know foremost water carriers uh, <laughs> out there covering baseball. Well, yeah, the, the and it's uh, what you're saying is 100 percent true. Casey's kind of like Allen Iverson, though. 
like in like pound for pound, they punch way above their weight. I class, agree. Right. Like, like Dan had I and Eagle on earlier today. I and Eagle used to do like updates on WFAN in New York. Right. So did Mike Breen. So like WFAN has this crazy thing, too. But like you would kind of expect it sure. to because it's a huge media market. And so you would kind of expect it'd be it'd be. It'd be embarrassing if the score didn't have well, a crazy tree and umbrella. Like, you're right, but I came in on the tail end of what I think was the score kind of coming out of its cocoon. Okay. Where there were a lot of people like, man, this ain't going to work. And this I mean, 98, when I walked in the door, like this, this thing isn't going to work. There wasn't a high level of respect for what it offered. Right. And then I think as, as we like grew up, like, the station kind of grew up, and it was – when Speaks gets back, like, me and him could probably talk about, like, the level of competition that was going on with the producers. Because at that time, like, I was trying to break in, and I had to go through Matt Spiegel, Matt Fishman, Jesse Rogers, Jonathan Hood. Right. Like, that, that and that kind of set, like, the template of your bleep better be on point or else – you're not going to be asked to do the the Hanley weekend show or whatever. Like trying to get those spots, it was a it was a a, a dogfight. Like every day on who was getting the best guests and who was came up with the best ideas. Spiegel would you if if he were coming up in the game now, it would be a lot easier. But the stuff that was asked of him, production wise. On the heavy fuel Yeah, he's show. told me some of those stories. I mean, we used to share the space with XRT. And they had production studios. And I think we had the update studio if no update person was in there. And then there was a studio in the back that usually where Spiegel would do his thing. You would see Spiegel two minutes before the show. Like, <laughs> just getting the cart. Right. Like, just... And, and you had to... Back then, you had to pick the right cart length. And some of the cards would be, it would be three minutes, but if your piece was three minutes, a second would get cut off of it. And then you'd have to be like, where's a long cart? Where is a long cart? And we had the bulk machines where you would go and erase the carts and you had to navigate George and Schuster and whoever, Julie and who was ever doing updates too to give them their space to get stuff done. And we didn't have the internet. Right. No, it, I, I've loved, uh, we'll do it today, we're doing it with your guy, Dan Zampillo. Uh, Z! Score stories at 5 o'clock on Thursdays. And Lawrence, you got to save some of that stuff for when you're on score stories. I was just going to tell him. You're, oh. We're, well, we're going to, We our plan is to, in the weeks leading up to the celebration that we're hopefully doing this summer, is have the current people that have been, you know what I mean? So have, do one with you, do one with Bernstein, et cetera. So we've been talking to the people who are not, currently here uh well i got 24 years here so i got a lot of stories shane right so maybe we'll do a whole hour uh if you're if you're willing and available just ask ask z why he broke up the the best team that's ever been at the score i will ask him what what was it that drove him to To torpedo my career (laughs) right and uh because your career has suffered so much i mean it has yeah but you know what it is though it's it's a straight up like origin story like it the me and Z show, like, breaking up, like, hit me hard. It hit me really hard when Z was like, you know what? I'm tired of being broke. <laughs> so I'm going to not be broke anymore. And I was like, no, man, let's stay broke. Let's stay true to our art. How old were you when he 
went more the producer management path and broke it up? I think he was twenty. Maybe I was twenty six and he was twenty four. Okay, maybe twenty five and twenty three. Man, hit that's young to give up on being broke. You should be fine being broke at twenty three or twenty four. Well, I mean, he had been broke for a little bit yeah, though. Yeah, I and, know, but and I'm like, just saying, broke, broke, <laughs> right? I, broke, broke. I remember, oh man. Uh, People talk to like when you talk to like young kids, you obviously teach like about the industry. I always say it's amazing, but no, like if you have friends that are going into accounting, it's gonna hurt. That's high floor, mm-hmm. miserable, but high like first job eighty k. Like whereas like our industry, the lowest floor basically possible. And a super crazy high ceiling if you can if you can if, if you if, can get there if you can get to the the end of the rainbow it's very it can be financially fulfilling right like I mean like Jim Rome made thirty million dollars a year right like it, no that's but, obviously but, but, insane but even, even like you know the Top jobs 10% that, that we're in yeah we're, yeah we're doing fine we're doing great you can you can live off of that and have a good life off of the money that you make but I'm pretty sure that when they asked me because I was doing both I was working sales. And I was working in programming on the weekend when Drew asked me to produce the Murph and Fred show. I believe I agreed to do it for twenty three five full time. Yeah, and I think that was two thousand and two. My first gig. Wow my my first paid gig that would have been thirty seven thousand dollars today, Lawrence. 24K in 2002 would have been 37 today. Well, you, it's still low for a full-time producer. And Shane, you got you to gotta make it work, man. And I, I was talking with someone the other day about the concept of being close. And that's what I mean by, like, the competition level here where you have choices. Like, I, I decided I would stay in the city, for example, and I wanted to be close because if they had a shift that were opening up, yeah, I, I wanted to be available to do it. And sometimes it's like, oh, well, this person can't get in from Wheaton. Can you get here and do a sh- yes? Like, of course. Yes, I will be there. I will get on get on the Metro and get my ass downtown and figure out a way. But, yeah, man, like you, I try to let people know if you love it, you can make it work. Like, it's it, it, if you really love it, you love being a part of it, you'll figure it out. But you better have a partner. That I don't mean on air like the way Z abandoned me. I mean, you better have your significant other needs to understand that yeah. they're going to be paying for some dinners mm-hmm. out and you're not going to be able to do stuff. And the holidays kind of go out the window because where do score producers make a lot of money when we take off for holidays? Right. And sometimes it ends up with a microphone in front of your face. Right. No, absolutely, man. Like, I. I would say if you love it and you can't see yourself doing anything else, do it. But if you're like, eh, I like it, but maybe not. I'm like, well, then start a podcast for free with your friends and do it as a hobby. That's right. Nothing wrong with that. Um, my first gig after, so obviously economy cra- uh, craps out, collapses 08. I graduate 09. There's... Advertising freezes, hiring freezes. The industry is in a terrible situation. I don't get hired. I'm unemployed for like 10, 11 months. My, the only offer I have 
is to go back to Syracuse, but they were going to give me the Danny Parkins show. So I would have done it for free, but that would have been problematic. Uh, But they said hourly wage and you got to produce the show that's on before you nine bucks an hour. And my big negotiating win was if I was producing a two hour show that was before me and I was hosting a two hour show, I needed to be paid for my prep. Hold on. We've got a deal. So two hours for prep. We had a deal. Yeah. Passon just got back on his Twitter. Are you serious? Are we sure that it's 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 Jeff Passon. Major League Baseball and the MLB Players Association have reached a tentative agreement on a new labor deal, sources tell ESPN. While it still needs to be ratified by both parties, that is expected to be a formality. And when it is, baseball is back. And then he follows it up with, and so am I. And then he follows that up with, also got some sweet NFTs if anyone's interested. (laughs) Hey, you nailed it. I nailed it, and I didn't even text him the idea. We are of one brain. That's why we get along so much. All right. All right, so no more LeGarrette Blunt today, unless you think he can talk MLB lockout. I'd say or we, NFTs. I'd say we probably should move LeGarrette Blunt to another day. Does anyone know where Spiegel is? Can he be contacted? He is in the Dominican Republic. Watching children. He's he's probably drunk. And we'll see. We will uh, we mean, will see. That could make for a really fun show. It could. It could. You know, like it's weird. This is worthy of celebration. Through the prism of the sport, right? It's like through the prism of what they just put fans through over the last few months. I still feel like they deserve your scorn. I agree, but people will, will let that scorn go because yeah. you know their White Sox are coming back, their Cubs are coming back, their Cardinals are coming back. Yeah, they'll let it go. Yeah, because they they do want the game, and we'll find out what some of the minutia is. I I, I also think it's been interesting, like seeing how many fans have can kind of made themselves experts in the, 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 the CBA stuff alongside of this. And we'll let it go because we love our baseball teams. And that's what they've always been counting on. I don't think that the people that were, that love the game like we do, well, I'm sorry, like no, I do. No, no, no. I love the game too. It's just, it, I don't know how you can love the game and not have it be love-hate with what the product has turned into. I'm just honest about it being love-hate. No, I, and I'm with you. I think like, that, but, and that's the part that sucks is that none of that stuff has been addressed. In, inside of all of this, the, the problems that baseball has writ large haven't really been addressed with, with the actual game itself. It's going to be interesting to see how owners try, other than just opening back up, to sway the the casual fan to come back to the game, or if they even care. Because it, it feels like they know that they've got a resolute, diehard group of people that just want to love their team regionally. And they aren't as worried as they should be about where that next fan is coming from. But maybe they feel like, eh, not my problem. It's the it's the owners two two uh, twenty years down the line. It'll be their problem on what to do with this game. I think that that is all very well said. And the other thing that I'd love someone to answer because I certainly have no answer for it is how do you figure out a way to make ownership and players more of a partnership? So this doesn't now happen every five years in perpetuity. They'd have to want to do that. And and I see, especially with Manfred being the face of this, I see no reason why owners would want to do that. 
Yeah. That I think they should. But again, this goes back to the concept of you would hope that the commissioner would be the steward of the game. And that that hope has been dashed because of what's happened in sports and how more transparent it's become that that person is a spokesperson for the owners. Yeah, McCullough said yesterday, he said, you know, in the NBA, it can be more of a partnership. They got a salary cap. So the money is largely figured out. And it's just then all the other stuff. Whereas in baseball, with no salary cap, which the players will never agree to, nor should they, um, the money will always be at issue. And so, therefore, it's much harder for it to be a true partnership, which I think is a pretty salient point. And the weird thing is, is that both ownership and players agree that they're leech owners. But oh, they, yeah. They, 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 they agree that, yeah, that guy is sharing in, in revenue, and he ain't doing jack. He's not putting together a team, and I have to carry him. And the players are like, exactly. You have to carry him because he won't pay us to try and make his team better. It's a uh, – we got a break. Yeah, because we're going to have John Morosi actually join us in like 20 minutes. So we're going to do that. Lawrence, by the way, everyone loved the 50-50 idea. Oh, I saw all, on Twitter. All, all night. People are talking about 50-50 and tagging restaurants and the whole thing. Damn so, right. Yeah, I think we're – people helping people. It's powerful stuff. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.